0: Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, and in this episode, we have Stephanie Toma, who is a networking strategy coach, international speaker, and writer based in San Francisco, serving the board of the Young Professionals of San Francisco. She's actually attended and hosted... 600 plus events since 2016 and has made a fulfilling career out of inspiring and facilitating human connection networking is something that we all need whether we're launching a business growing a business trying to get a new career find a new career path networking is so essential for life and stephanie is doing a lot to help people in this capacity specifically work with introverts to unlock their in-person networking potential uncover limiting beliefs build confidence and establish authentic relationships at work and in life through professional workshops and coaching. If you ever want to know more about networking, how to do it, what are the best ways of going about this, and also how Stephanie got started with this, listen to this episode. As always, the show notes are at justcogrind.com slash podcast, and you can support the show and leave a rating and review over an Apple podcast, something I would very much so appreciate. Without further ado, here is Stephanie Toma. Stephanie, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Justin. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes. And so many things to talk about. And where I want to get started with, though, is if someone asks you, like, what do you do? How would you answer that?
1: So that used to be such a difficult question to answer because I had about five different answers depending on (laughs) who was asking. But nowadays, uh, I generally say I'm an in-real-life connection advocate and a networking strategy coach. And then typically there are follow-up questions asking me, okay, what does that mean? Maybe there's a general (laughs) idea of what that could mean. Um, And then, yeah, to go a little further, I conduct personal and professional development workshops and coaching programs specific to helping people connect in real life. Um, I primarily work with introverts on human connection skills, self-limiting beliefs, and ways to maximize their business potential, basically.
0: Awesome. And this is so applicable to many different areas, uh, whether it be business, whether it be careers, networking and knowing how to talk to people in real life is actually important. Um, And with that, too, then, how did you get started with that being the focus of kind of your career?
1: So it was a pretty natural progression. So I started out by attending a lot of events. And occasionally, I've always been kind of known as a gatherer of people back in high school um, when I was team captain of the cross-country team. I would coordinate some get-togethers on the weekends. um, And then that kind of graduated to, um, let's see, like in college, producing community events. And then... In like since moving to San Francisco, beginning to attend a high volume of networking events, wanting to kind of still do the fun events, um, but then get a better feel for how people maximize building relationships with other ambitious professionals. So, I attended over six hundred networking events over a course of three years, and. Learned, yeah, <laughs> like That's learned. A lot. <laughs> I mean, I, now I say quality over quantity, but you know, I will say I certainly learned a few things through attending the high volume, attending and hosting. Um, a lot of people don't know that I identify as being slightly more introverted than extroverted. Uh, so yeah, one of the things that I go into is that confidence is not the same thing as extroversion and there's such thing as a confident introvert, which is, which is how I identify. Um, but let's see, am I getting off track with your original question? No,
0: no, no. That's great. No, this is exactly, this is exactly what I'm wondering about is how this whole thing started. Cause I think it needs, needs to be some context for people wondering like, wait, why is she talking about networking? <laughs> oh, yeah. How'd she get into this? <laughs> totally.
1: And then, so from attending a high volume of events, And I started by attending and then volunteering behind the scenes. Uh, I have volunteered with TEDx Marin and TEDx San Francisco for the past seven years. And I applied to be on the board of the Young Professionals of San Francisco. So I've been on the board for about two years now. And yeah, like from being behind the scenes and an attendee and a producer of quite a few events... I was then invited to give a talk by a meetup on pretty much any topic I wanted. And at first, I had no idea what it would be, but I knew that it was an exciting opportunity. I knew that I wanted to kind of dig deep and figure out what that message was. And when I thought back to how people introduced me or how people talked about me when I was present, people tended to bring up, oh, she's well-connected or something about networking um, and events uh, and then, so that's something that people did know. And something that people didn't know was the introvert piece. So I, I melded them together into a 90-minute workshop that's now been adapted uh, for job seekers and for leaders.
0: Yeah, and, w- and with that too then, how how did you structure that workshop? And what kind of types of things are included to help people kind of get better at this whole networking thing and with connecting with people in real life?
1: Yeah, so I think uh, the one of the primary takeaways is reframing networking and not thinking of it in terms of being transactional or slimy or fake when it's done right it's actually all about authentically connecting and like not using people having it be but not necessarily being a two-way street it's just about being yourself <laughs> and it can take some work to get there <laughs> to figure out who you are and then just like getting kind of good at finding commonalities and things that you have in common. So it's a combination of journal prompts and small group sharing and journaling. And what people tend to enjoy the most would be the breakout sessions where we actually role play. Uh, what we've learned throughout the workshop.
0: That's awesome. And with these workshops, how did you decide that this was what you wanted to offer? You want to do workshops versus, I don't know, you could do do online courses, one-on-one coaching, different things. There's there's so many different services you can offer. Uh, How did you decide on the workshops as the way to go?
1: So the founder of SF Girl Posses, Brenda Chen, invited me to give a talk. And although she didn't anticipate it being a (laughs) workshop, I, I assumed she thought it would be a talk. It turned out being a workshop just because I know that I would prefer a more interactive experience versus being talked at. So I think it stems from just having that sort of empathy for being in the audience and knowing that I would want to be engaged if someone was standing in front of me for 90 minutes.
0: Yeah, and with that too then, so obviously you do this, you do this workshop, then how does that end up progressing after you do this first one into to everything you're doing now? And like how the, how, how does that change kind of, Happen over time?
1: Yeah. So I would say from there, there were about 60 attendees the first time that I gave the talk, and a couple of them asked me about coaching. And I had actually, you know, I had been a career coach for the past three years independently with a focus on resume reviews, mock interviews, uh, like LinkedIn makeovers, and, and that sort of thing. So Even though the whole networking strategy coaching was a little bit different, it was still in my wheelhouse. Um, And then from there, there were other professional organizations that were interested, but it was also a combination of me being excited about how excited people were after debuting it and thinking back to my different event collaborator partners and writing up a one-pager description and kind of getting my website together. And from there, doing some outreach as well with with people that I already knew.
0: Yeah, yeah. and with that too, I think that's kind of the way to start is with people you know, getting kind of them as clients. And so then how how did that grow? Did you reach out just cold emails then from there? Was it trying to get referrals, um, different organizations to work with or partner with? How did you approach that, like getting more clients on board?
1: So I very rarely... Would one hundred percent cold outreach there, especially because of my emphasis on networking? I, I tended to let's say if I was at an event mingling and you know the topic of let's say introversion came up. I mean, like I, I would look for organic ways to bring it up, um, but also just leveraging the relationships that I already had and seeing where it could authentically be helpful or be a good fit. And let's see different professional organizations that I had either been a member of or had a leadership role in, um, as well as let's see, I'd say the women's whisper network called dreamers and doers has also been really helpful and instrumental in and in, yeah, helping get the word out.
0: Yeah, that, that's awesome. And, and with that too, like as is progress are there things that you've decided to either like in terms of your services and kind of how you structure your business like how has that evolved over time Like, are there things you're focusing on more now that are just more effective and better ways of, of getting the word out in terms of like how you actually run the business um or like how has that changed since the beginning early on to to, to now where you've been doing this for a little while like how has that kind of evolved
1: so the emphasis now is on scaling so it's I feel like I'm at a really healthy place when it comes to, let's say, having a healthy influx of one-on-one coaching clients and, let's say, one-off either uh, academic institutions or professional development organizations that would like to partner um, to conduct one of these in-person workshops. So how to scale for me means getting a little bit online or getting more online, which I was resistant to at first because I was thinking... (laughs) As an in-real-life connection advocate, wouldn't being an online resource or an online course contradict my main message? <laughs> um, but then I realized, wait, like, I, I don't need to get rid of the in-person component, but I'll be able to reach more people with an online course and with group coaching. So those are things that are in the works for 2020.
0: Awesome. Always exciting to have more projects on the way, other things in the business to to offer, which is going to be great. And the online component can be tricky. It just obviously takes time and a a commitment to that as well. Uh, I'm sure you'll figure all of that out. And with the networking side of things too, with these people are coming to you, what are the typical kind of challenges or fears that they have related to like networking or building a social circle?
1: One of the primary issues that I come across with people who specifically come to me for a networking strategy session is this idea that they don't have anything of value to contribute in a networking scenario. So so this could be referred to as imposter syndrome because typically, let's say um, the bulk of my clients are in the San Francisco Bay Area because that's where I'm based, um, but also in other major cities like New York, um, maybe a, a few in Chicago, LA area, and yeah, there's this idea that I'm either a new graduate or I'm looking to transition careers or up level. And when I'm at these events, I'm around people that, who I really respect, who have, let's say, a broad network or a broad sort of, or a deep expertise in this industry that I'm really interested in. But what do I have to offer? So yeah, I'd say confidence, confidence is a major consideration
0: yeah and with that too then I mean how do you kind of work with them is it is it more one-off is it uh, here's some tools here's some frameworks this is how you can approach this or is it like consistent sessions every couple weeks like how does that work
1: yeah so the structure is typically for a let's say three six or nine month period of twice a week. Phone calls. I find that, especially when it comes to coaching, the one-size-fits-all band-aid solution, it, it can help instill confidence. But then again, a quick fix ultimately may not get to the very root of of the core issue. And in order to really gain a lasting sense of confidence, it really helps to get to get deeper and. And yeah, something that I'm actually going to add to my practice in the coming year is a certification in hypnotherapy. So, uh, so shortly, I'll be able to include those sorts of uh, practices into deepening the amount of subconscious work that's able to be extracted in these conversations.
0: Yeah, and and one thing too, I'm uh, kind of that same that same wavelength what are you doing to, to learn and grow yourself to like different strategies or develop different ways to help people like with, with overcoming these different issues they're having?
1: Yeah. So when it comes to personal and professional development, that's, it's at the heart of all that I do. So I read about one self-help book per week, just about, and they tend to be focused on, they could be on relationships. They could be on family, romance, friendship, um, creating community they on the business side of things they could be on marketing and messaging and deep work so reading is you know there's that quote that you are like the five people that you spend the most time with so you know while I am out in the world a lot I, I really enjoy hanging out with authors in my head
0: yeah I, I think that's kind of like a a life hack of sorts where they they say that you know the people you hang out with well, I've seen, I've heard that for sure. Like the, You're the average, yeah, the five people you hang out with most. And like, but if you can consume that in, in a in a book format or audiobook or whatever, like that still influences you and it still feels like that has some some good effect on on you, even though you're not with them in person. So I'll definitely yeah. echo that same sentiment of, of having that. Cause early on for me especially it was a lot of reading books that kind of gave me some ideas of what was possible and what you could really do with building a business or what we could really do with kind of evolving a career beyond maybe what you had only known from, from the people around you, which isn't necessarily good or bad, just that you learn different things through, through reading and through consuming different content, depending on what that is. And, Mm -hmm. and with your business too. So you've done this for like three years now, almost four years.
1: Yeah. So I mean, I'd say <clears throat> the the whole buildup. So if we were to go into my background, when I used to have five different answers to, to <laughs> what do you do, I've, I've been a blogger for uh, celebrity and influencer blogs and a ghostwriter, um, market researcher, uh, like both on the qualitative top line analysis side, but also on the recruitment side, where I would literally like – go out into the world and find quote unquote hard to find people and, and get them to be, participate in this study. Um, let's see what else. And then an event producer, um, producing a variety of different, usually fun and quirky social events, like a speaker series or, um, a pup parent day. Uh, let's see. Yeah. So I'd say that everything kind of, and, and the career coaching, of course, uh, I yeah. realized through, finding my path and applying to initially applying to a high volume of jobs and gigs. I, I figured out a sort of formula like way to present my resume and my cover letter that got my foot in the door, uh, that was then that much more embellished by the in real life connections and relationships. So, so yeah, that lent itself to career coaching and, you know a lot of this stems from just being passionate about something and it, maybe it starts out with friends asking hey can you help me with this or or oh you seem really good at this and people identifying a strength that for you almost feels like a guilty pleasure because you're like wait like you're going to pay me for this because i actually <laughs> love it
0: <laughs> yes that's amazing it's a it's a great feeling to have i remember that first too when i started just go fitness um in t- t- 2013 and had my first mm. clients it was like wow i mean you're literally you're paying me money and i'm we're just chatting workout chatting about workouts and i'm directing you on things that I've, I've done for years and can easily help you with and it seemed like such an amazing way to live a life to have work that you're passionate about that you also get paid for it's just like wow that's an amazing thing and i think a lot of people are kind of lacking that potentially um from their yeah. careers and if they can find that it can really open up a whole new level of, of happiness and fulfillment um, from people as well which is what people are after and and with your company too so did you go when you started this is, is it you full-time into the business Is is a side hustle i'm curious as, like how you kind of run this and how it's uh, initially started too
1: Yeah. So I would say it certainly started out as more of, I wouldn't even call it a side hustle. It was just, it was more of a passion project. So it didn't, it didn't feel like something that I was hustling and bustling to scale, or it was, it was something that I created for a friend, but also mostly for myself. Um, And, and yeah, from there, I, I, when I debuted it, I had a couple of projects in the event and market research spaces. And then as those project wrapped, then I simply didn't take on additional projects after they wrapped and it became my focus more or less full time.
0: That's awesome. And then how, how was that adjustment going from going full time into your business? Like how, how did you adjust to that? Was it, was it scary? Like how was it for you going full time into the company? <sighs>
1: let's see. I would say any sort of shift can feel scary. And certainly when you're in a position where you have a consistent paycheck versus when you don't, there is an element of, of feeling this external instability, but I had, I've had this sense of internal stability. And again, with a, with a personal development work, and just knowing that people who achieve their dreams are the ones that take risks. And, you know, it's it's not totally necessary to, let's say, quit your job and, and go all in if that makes you nervous, because ultimately that will inhibit the end result. But for me, I'm more of in a sort of flow state where right now when it comes to speaking engagements and, um, and curating this, the online program, the group coaching program, and, and all of that, it's taking up enough time that, that, yeah, it, it doesn't necessarily make sense to me to take on additional projects at this time. But I, I am thinking of it in a sort of flowy mentality in the sense <laughs> that if a, if, if a project came about, I certainly wouldn't be you know, I, I'm not, certainly not going to take on a nine to five, but if there are projects here and there, when there is time, then, then yeah, there's that sort of openness and, and flexibility there.
0: Yeah. And one thing you mentioned earlier, um, you wanted to scale. So taking things, taking things online, at, Like, how did you get to that point of realizing that you wanted to, because I think a lot of people you they can go with the coaching business, for instance, and you may do that for a while, make a decent, um, income and, may never even want to scale. Like, how did you get to that point of like I I do want to scale this and what it look like for you?
1: It's a situation where I ask myself, what do I have to lose? If there's a confidence that's built up with one-on-one coaching and with conducting workshops with with groups, I wasn't sure if that would be successful or not, but I tried it. And when it comes to transitioning online, I'm still not sure. If that will be successful or not, by however how you define success, but for me, success is more about trying it out and kind of and seeing what sticks and not giving up too soon, because oftentimes it can take a few iterations and a sense of conviction. But it, I, I tend to be a more process focused, and while there is a desired end result, which could be represented in X amount of dollars or X amount of views or whatever it may be. I am primarily focused on the process itself right now to make sure that the quality is high.
0: Yeah. Which is obviously very, very important and, and kind of in that same vein too, how are you managing your time day to day in terms of working on your business?
1: Yeah. So day to day, I, (laughs) I tend to have a routine, So it's, it starts out with morning exercise. Ideally that happens most mornings and I have my calendar blocked off so that I don't have any calls until 10 AM or later. So that kind of leaves the morning to get a workout in 30 to 60 minutes. Um, it could be running, it could be doing high intensity intervals and Um, in my living room, you know, anything like that. And then maybe a protein shake since I'm not terribly starving in the mornings, but I know it's great to still eat. (laughs) Um, And yeah, then after I I might start out with email, especially when it comes to potential clients, I like to filter and get back to them as soon as possible, minimal waiting. Uh, And then from there, kind of see what else I'm working with with email. And then I'm a big fan of block scheduling. So instead of checking my email every hour, I might do that for the first hour of the morning and then close the browser and ask myself, okay, what's most important today? I have a checklist that I have written down on paper and uh, and it'll be categorized by what I'd like to accomplish that week, and I'll have stars by the things that are that are most pressing or time sensitive. And I love to front load things, so so Monday tends to be my busiest day of maybe more admin and outreach and follow up, and then ideally towards the end of the week, I'm able to schedule in more in person meetings.
0: Yeah. And I there, I think you have to blo- have those blocks of time to, to manage your day. I don't think there's really... Everyone has their own kind of schedule. And I've asked a lot of different entrepreneurs this. And my schedule always evolves too. But having those blocks of time are so valuable to get those things done that are important, especially if some of those things are not necessarily urgent, but they're still important. Mm. And if they... If you, if you don't ever do them, you'll never kind of make that progress in the business that you want. So you do have to kind of block that time out and, and make time for those things. Um, and for you too, then with how do you decide then when you kind of stop working for the day or stop working for the week? How does that work for you?
1: So for me, what factors in to my day is also networking events, because that is a large part of what I do, whether I'm conducting a networking workshop or let's say, with the young professionals of San Francisco, physically at a networking event, helping facilitate or attending. yeah, I mean that that can be it can be a pretty long day. So I make sure to block off time for meals. Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean I'm always wondering with with people like for you could you can in theory work all day every day, right? And a lot of entrepreneurs you could or you know, early on have done that and there's always a balance of like how much should you work? And I'm always curious as to how entrepreneurs think about their their days and how they how they stop them, how they schedule that. Because I think especially with someone who may be just starting out, they hear these things of, you know, people working all the time. Like, I can't be an entrepreneur because I can't do that. But I'm always curious as to how people decide when to kind of stop working. When do they take Sunday and Saturday off? Do they just work Monday through Friday? Like how does that work for people? Because I think it's uh it can be motivating or it can also just provide context for the ways that entrepreneurs work, which is helpful then for you deciding how you should work.
1: Yes, no, I, I love that you brought brought that up because yeah, you could, I mean even though you're making the schedule, you could make it a 7-day week schedule. Right. So, um so one thing that I'm very conscious of is unplugging. You know, being an in-real life connection advocate, I I wouldn't be true to my word if I didn't spend time in the real world, let's say away from my phone, away from my computer. So the goal is To have one full day or at least a half day every week where I'm not touching or looking at technology, and ideally in nature.
0: I love it. I think that's a huge thing. I went to um, Seattle recently, and f- coming from L- LA, where I'm mostly downtown, there's not a lot of nature down there. And so, to I know
1: Griff- <laughs> what is Griffith Park. You'd have to really look for it. Yeah, you have to
0: go. out. I mean, they definitely have it in Los Angeles. To be clear, they have they have it. But being in in Seattle was a great way to uh, Pacific Northwest is wonderful, and so much more mm-hmm. nature feel, and it is a kind of refreshing, rejuvenating experience. But I agree, getting out in nature and taking a break from technology can be so helpful as you go through your week. And one more thing too with with kind of in the uh, same type of things. So what are any favorite tools, apps, software that, you know, going back to the the t- to how you work situation? Anything that helps you work more efficiently or helps you schedule things or anything that you'd like to mention?
1: Yeah, so Calendly has been a game changer. I upgraded my account uh, so that people can reschedule and so that I can integrate my six calendars <laughs> <laughs> into one and it's you know it's it's such a nice change because let's say I, let's even as recently as a year ago I was emailing people listing three times on three different days and having that back and forth and to not have that has even just freed up the mental space to focus on other things and, and you know frankly more creative things. Than being a human calendar, um, so yeah, Calendly is great. I love Google Hangouts also. I, Zoom, I use Zoom occasionally, but I also love a good Google Hangout. Um, and then I'd say Google Drive uh, for easily sharing sharing documents, and also for each client, I have a document that I just you know update every time we have a session, and I'm able to easily go in there. And and same with workshops, as I typically, after each workshop, ask for feedback, and there may be slight tweaks that I make. Uh, and it's so easy to do in Google Drive.
0: Yeah, we definitely use that too for the uh, podcast production side of things. We can use a combination of Google Drive as well as Trello um, to kind of manage oh, yeah. things. Yeah, I, I love it. I absolutely love it. And I also use Calendly, obviously, for, for scheduling interviews. And I think I didn't do that until a matter of months into the whole podcasting thing but Calendly makes it really mm. easy and one thing I learned too from from Pat Flynn from Smart Passive Income is to really batch your interviews and so I typically interviews on two days a week only um, I used to have kind of oh slots throughout the entire week for podcast interviews and I realized that it's oh, it's way better on me in terms of being in that mindset to have Tuesday Thursdays at this point I at one point in time, I only had Tuesdays open um, to have podcasts and then batch them. So on a particular podcast day, mm. I'll do anywhere from two to four interviews. Um, and then even with the other show that just launched, which is Startup 2.0 from uh, Spark XYZ, we also batch. We do three interviews a day. And so kind of having those, those calendly is helpful for scheduling those. And then batching, it makes it easier to kind of handle doing one task and focus on that while you're kind of in the mood anyways of doing that task it has been helpful for me, I know, too. And as you've gone through running this company and growing this company and helping people, what have been kind of some of the biggest lessons or takeaways in your entrepreneurial journey so far?
1: One of the biggest takeaways that I believe I'm still taking away is to think bigger. I had this idea of creating community and, and helping people feel more comfortable in social situations in San Francisco and just through my network expanding and having friends that are super ambitious and out there, my own lens and ambition has expanded to not necessarily be one city, but being open to having a reach and an impact, let's say, across the United States and even internationally, just yeah, I'd say that that that's one takeaway that it can be overwhelming to people. And sometimes it's nice to have a a slightly more like small community focus, but to not be afraid to take up space and, and be big when you have a grand vision.
0: Love it. Absolutely love it. I think that is something that people struggle with. It's like, I also heard from like from Tim Ferriss I think he mentioned this a a while ago but the idea of like the magic of thinking big and how sometimes there's actually less competition with bigger ideas when you do kind of go bigger because most people are trying to do the smaller things and so can actually be easier in some ways to do that and get behind a bigger vision a bigger mission and I have definitely seen that from some of the entrepreneurs I've had on the on the just a grand podcast where like they have this bigger vision and they are then able to attract more uh it be better teammates on to, to join them or better investors because they have this kind of grander vision and there's nothing stopping you from, from dreaming bigger if you want to. And it's not saying you have to, but it's clearly one of the options. And if you don't consider it, you'll never even have the, have the chance of it. So I definitely love that takeaway you mentioned. Thank you. And then is there any other, anything else you'd say to an aspiring entrepreneur, or someone who's been thinking about starting a company, they've been thinking about, maybe they have an idea, they haven't quite started yet. Obviously you started yours. Anything else you would mention to them?
1: What I would mention to someone who is thinking about starting something, and let's say you either don't know what it is exactly, or you have the idea, but it seems audacious and scary, the advice is to get out of your head and just start and do something, even if it's super small, even if it's doing market research. You know, like just there's something really powerful about showing the universe, hey, this is what I'd like to do. This is how I'm actively spending my time and not trying to get paid for it right away, but just focusing on being sort of guided by what you feel drawn to do and what, what you feel is important. Then it becomes less about, is this something that I can scale or is this something that that people need because it initially you're you're intrinsically driven. So if you do have a desire to create something, start by creating something.
0: Yes, and it's amazing of what what can happen when you do just take those first initial steps and start making some progress and people know that you're working on this thing and then your friends and your family and people around you start mentioning that to other people and it's amazing who you get in contact with or what happens and how it kind of progresses from there but if you don't take those first steps you'll you'll never get there you'll never get there without trying it's <laughs> so it's so very important and everyone on on the show is it's kind of echoed so, like, similar in terms of, like this action and i love that everyone ch- we chat with here is just Action takers, like all, all, everyone's action takers. And that's how you build a company. That's how you build a business. So I appreciate that. And where can people go to learn more about everything you're doing, Stephanie?
1: Let's see. Well, actually, I just had one more thought yeah, for it. to add to that last question. So, yeah, another source of consideration is the people that you spend time with. So, kind of tying this back to the five people that you spend the most time with, uh, making sure that you surround yourself with people that, let's say, have broader visions for themselves or that believe in you and what you're doing will also be instrumental in helping you get things off the ground. So yeah, kind of taking that inventory. And yeah, so if people would like to get in touch with me, there are a few different ways. Uh, My website is stephanietoma.com. That's S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E. T-H-O-M-A.com. My last name is like Thomas without the S. I think that's the easiest <laughs> way sure. to remember it. Um, yeah. And then uh, I have a Facebook page as well. I have I host a variety of events, uh, primarily in San Francisco where I live. But also, for example, next month, I'm spending some time in Boston and New York. So I'll be adding some events in those areas to the calendar and then some international um, events in march of next year so yeah facebook.com slash stephanie toma and then if you'd like to drop me a line ask me a question hi at stephanie toma.com is the best way to go
0: perfect and i will be sure to link all of that as well in the show notes at just slash podcast so everyone can find that check it out and get in touch with you as well and i think so thank you so much for the time today i really appreciate it stephanie
1: yeah thank you justin this was fun
0: thank you for listening to this episode of just go grind i really appreciate you taking the time to listen the weekly grind which is my weekly newsletter comes out every single friday you can find at just go grind.com newsletter this is filled with tips tools and strategies for growing your business you want to to launch a business how to grow it how to get it off the ground find employees all these different things there's a few tips tools and strategies every single week i deliver right to you jiscogrind.com slash newsletter. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.